liberty and justice for all. We, we value liberty so much. We value justice uh, almost as much. But the thing is, uh, we like to think of liberty as uh, liberty to do what I want. <laughs> and we think of justice as uh, ruling in my favor. And we so much need help understanding uh, justice. We are often, um, we're often behind the concept of justice in theory, but in practice, um, it goes askew. Um, maybe uh, a good example of this is uh, summer youth camp, uh, which I've been at several. And there's this um, principle that holds true at youth camp, and it's this. Pranks always escalate. So uh, somebody does something to some other you know, cabin, some other individual. They think it's funny. And then uh, to reciprocate, it always gets ramped up. And so, you know, somebody might put pine cones in somebody's sleeping bag. And then to, you know, even it up, that person's sleeping bag gets thrown into the lake. And it's all of a sudden, it ramps up. Or someone's uh, out at the showers and their shoes get uh, stolen. So they have to walk barefoot, you know, 50 yards back to their cabin. And so to even things up... um, that person gets their clothes stolen, so they have to, you know, run in a towel 50 yards back to their cabin. And uh, we think justice was served. We say we want justice, but we often mean that we want uh, the upper hand is how that interprets. Um, and this leads to these strange and unfortunate and sad Uh, Power struggle cycles uh, between rich and poor, between ethnicities, uh, between young and old, between employers and employees, even between siblings, where it seems like uh, the score is never even and justice is never really found. Well, justice can be hard to understand and uh, and harder to actually live out. And but our big idea today from the book of Proverbs is this. The wise seek justice. If you are living under this umbrella of, of um, being in awe of the holiness of God, realizing he's the king of all things, we place ourselves under that. Um, and we embrace his wisdom because uh, he made this world and he knows how it's supposed to work. And we seek out what is right, what, is, uh, what makes sense, and what is uh, pleasing to the Lord. Then if these things concern us, we will be concerned with figuring out Justice. Do do we want uh, justice for all? (laughs) Do we want justice in our homes, in our communities, in our nation? Then we need to seek God's wisdom on justice. Well, it so happens as we're going through the book of Proverbs that um, uh, Solomon, the other authors of Proverbs, they have a ton to say about justice that's helpful for anyone who has ears to hear. And in fact, in the starting, just the very beginning of the book, we saw this um, a few weeks ago as I just kind of gave an intro to the book in the first chapter. The, their purpose for writing the book, Solomon says, is so that the reader would receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So in the beginning of the book, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, this is what Proverbs is for. To receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. So what I think we need to do as we wrestle with some of these um, 
these Proverbs from the book of Proverbs, is have this shift in our mind that goes from justice for me <laughs> to justice for all mentality. And we'll, we'll see this as we go along. Um, I think the, the primary context uh, originally is, is a king to his, uh, to his offspring uh, sharing wisdom. So how important would it be to, uh, for potential rulers of the kingdom, future uh, kings and queens, to be able to grasp and live out and uphold justice? So this morning we're going to look at a ton of different Proverbs. Um, I'll put them up all up on the screen so um, you don't have to wear yourself out, find them all, but feel free to look them up so you know I'm not making this stuff up. Um, and as I reflected on these dozens of scriptures from Proverbs on this theme of justice, four, um, I guess you'd say four themes kind of surfaced, four, four different aspects of, of living in, in pursuing justice. And so we'll look at those four things today of what, what does it mean to seek justice. And it really all starts with God. So number one, if you're taking notes, there's some uh, outline in your bulletin or if you're jotting some things down. Number one, the wise seek justice from God. It, if you're wise and remember context of the book of Proverbs, that means you are seeking after what is uh, practical and, and moral and spiritual, um, then you will seek justice from God. And there's two different aspects of this um, that we see in the book of Proverbs. And, and the first is, we need to look to God to understand what is just, because sometimes it gets real, real fuzzy. You know, what is justice? So we need to uh, rely on God and count on God and uh, seek him out to understand what is just. Chapter 2, verses 6 to 9, or 6 and 9. says, For the Lord gives wisdom. Yeah, that's where wisdom comes from. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He goes on to say, Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. So here at the beginning of the book, we are told that righteousness and justice and equity, those come from God. So we should look to God to understand these things. Um, what is just? is not ultimately derived from what we might call a natural law, or it's not ultimately derived from, from a constitution or from the, uh, the documents or laws of in particular land. But ultimately, uh, God tells us what is just. Listen to wisdom. Chapter 29, verse 26, it says, Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice comes from where? From the Lord. That's where justice comes from. So we shouldn't be uh, focused on asking questions like, you know, what would the founding fathers say? Or what would the progressive law schools say? Or what do the masses say? But what does God say? What does the Lord say? And of course, we learn uh, to, to think and, and know and um, respond the way God would want us to by just saturating ourselves in his word. As we spend time, you know, reading the scriptures, we we start gleaning the wisdom of the Lord. So there's lots of people talking about justice, but we need to listen to God's voice about justice. 
So we look to God to understand what's just, but we also look for God to exercise what is just. He's not just the source of, you know, information on justice, but he uh, perfectly exhibits a just rule. We can count on God to act justly. Um, Notice uh, from these Proverbs uh, how God acts justly, especially to those who are victims of or, or who are vulnerable to injustice. Chapter 15, 25. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of the widows. Chapter 22, verses 22 and 23. Don't rob the poor just because you can or exploit the needy in court. For the Lord is their defender. He will ruin anyone who ruins them. So a person can use their power, can use their influence, can use whatever they have um, at the expense of those who uh, who are poor or who are um, on the fringe or who are powerless. Uh, you could do that, but you will be putting yourself in opposition against God. Verses, he'll ruin anybody who ruins them. You know, these strong words. So we uh, need to first grasp that God is just, and uh, we need to hear from him what justice is. So the wise, if you're wise, you're going to seek justice from God. He's the source, and he's the standard of justice. But in any particular society, God has... um, I don't know if delegate is exactly the word, but he has he has given um, the upholding of justice to the government of the land. And so as those who are seeking wisdom, uh, we need to seek uh, justice in our government. The wise seek justice in government. Uh, In America, upholding justice is divided into different branches, as you learned in, you know, fourth grade um, government or whenever it was you learned that. The executive branch and the legislative branch and the judicial branch. Well, in ancient Israel, um, justice, the upholding of justice was really centered not around these different branches of power, but was centered around you know one person, <laughs> the king of the land and his, his delegates. And so Solomon is emphasizing justice so much as he's imparting uh, wisdom to future Rulers of the land, potential kings, potential queens. Well, in our nation, uh, justice is the responsibility uh, of all the branches. Um, Writing just laws, uh, deciding just verdicts, um, enforcing laws justly, and so on. And we see that when laws are written that are unfair, and and there's blatant examples uh, historically, or when courtrooms have biased judges or juries, or when law enforcement um, uses power unjustly, uh, obviously blatant examples currently, then society begins to unravel. Uh, chaos ensues. Uh, justice does not happen. And everybody wonders, will it, will it happen? And, uh, and yet the book of Proverbs turns us back to uh, seek out a just government. Do your part to ensure that justice happens in the land. Here's just a few. Listen to wisdom. 29 verse 4. A just king gives stability to his nation. 
but one who demands bribes destroys it. Chapter 16, verse 12. It is an abomination to kings to do evil, for the throne is established by righteousness. Chapter 24, verse 23. It is wrong for judges to be prejudiced. <laughs> Just very simple. So Solomon tells his future leaders, uh, your people will lobby, they will bribe, they will sway, they will threaten, they will manipulate. But here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to know. Chapter 17, 23. The wicked take secret bribes to pervert the course of justice. Chapter 18, 5. It is not right to acquit the guilty or deny justice to the innocent. Chapter 17, 15. Acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent both are detestable to the Lord. And so here in the book of Proverbs, uh, you know, in the in the um, the context of the royal court, uh, God tells us governments, they they have to be just and we need to we need to seek that out. And you, you might think, well, I'm not the king or the president or I'm not, you know, sitting on a jury or or whatever. Um, well, here's the beauty of the land we live in. We all know is that we can all influence um, the the government, the laws of the land. We all have a part. Um, and I think Proverbs calls us to use your influence to seek justice for all. The things you vote for, <laughs> the things you, you march for, the things you write to your representatives, uh, the way you, you, uh, you handle jury duty, uh, all these civic things, you can influence uh, justice in our land. But the problem is, uh, we get fired up about the causes that, uh, that benefit us. <laughs> and Proverbs is calling us to not seek, you know, quote-unquote justice for ourselves, but to seek justice uh, for all. So we need to consider when we come to an issue, uh, how would God view this, first of all? And second of all, what is the best for justice for everyone. <laughs> so we tend to care about what benefits us. You know, the poor favor the poor and the wealthy favor the wealthy. Uh, employers uh, love uh, employer rights. Employees love employee rights. Landlords and tenants, the young and the old, urbanites and rural. We all have these things that, you know, are dear to our hearts. We tend to think, you know, justice for me. And Proverbs says, no, 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 no. That's not justice. Justice all. So the wise seek justice in their government. We do everything we can um, with the power that we've been given to influence um, our, the laws of the land for the sake of justice. But the best thing you could do for your society is not political at, at all. And it's this. The best thing you could do is simply live justly. <laughs> and so number three, the wise seek justice in their own lives. We just need to be people of, of just living. Um, and I think this begins by realizing our tendency to skew justice in our favor. We think when we have the upper hand that justice was served, but we need to seek to understand from God's word, from God's heart, what it means to live justly. 
And I think how this happens is, um, you know, from time to time, um, I'll, I'll point out these, you know, these essential habits of thriving, sharing, and restoring. And the first habit of thriving is that, um, that abiding just close to God, clinging to him, spending time with him, soaking in his word, conversations in prayer, coming together in worship. Um, this is how we foster a closeness with God. And when we have that tight relationship uh, with the God of the universe, then we start to understand what just living looks like. Listen to wisdom, chapter 12, 6. The thoughts of the righteous are justice. When you're righteous, you know, when you're clinging to God and, and uh, abiding in him, uh, your thoughts uh, become justice. The counsels of the wicked, on the other hand, are deceit. Chapter 28, verse 5. Evil people, they don't understand justice. But those who follow the Lord understand completely. (laughs) But we know that it's not enough to understand justice, understand, you know, what should be done. You know, how should I respond in this circumstance? Uh, Proverbs 21, verse 3 says uh, to do justice. I mean, to do righteousness and justice is actually more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Um, which just reminds me of Micah 6, 8, familiar verse as well. Interesting that to God, justice is actually more important or more, um, more core, more central than our religious uh, worship. Um, more important than what we're doing right here is actually uh, how you live your life before God in justice. So, for example, God despises injustice, whether that's a parent giving, you know, preferential treatment to one child over the others, or a coworker uh, overlooking um, misconduct by another coworker because that person happens to be their friend or a family member, or a salesperson bypassing a customer because of his or her ethnicity or nationality and going on and helping somebody else or a church ignoring misconduct allegations against a well-liked staff person and just on and on and on. There's all kinds of ways that we could um, in our daily lives subvert justice. So justice means we stop focusing on protecting only what we value and we start focusing on protecting uh, what God values. And what does God value? Uh, he values everybody. <laughs> we don't like injustice or lawlessness in society, but we are part of the problem if we do not walk justly ourselves. Uh, chapter 28, verse 4 says, Those who forsake the law, they praise the wicked, but those who keep the law strive against them. So if you don't walk justly, then, uh, then you're celebrating lawlessness. <laughs> so, so Solomon and the other contributors of this book, um, Proverbs, full of all kinds of uh, rich um, advice and wisdom, and in particular this area of living justly. And we're told that God is the source of justice. Uh, government is, a, 
is tasked with upholding justice, and everyone's responsible for walking justly. Um, but there's this whole other category of verses on justice in Proverbs that I'd like to look at uh, as we uh, conclude here. And that's number four, the wise seek justice for those who suffer injustice. There seems to be a special emphasis in this book on being an advocate for those who are vulnerable uh, to injustice. Chapter 29, verse 7. Listen to wisdom. The godly care about the rights of the poor. The wicked don't care at all. The godly care about the rights of the poor. The wicked don't care at all. Well, I looked up uh, this word poor because, um, like the Hebrew word, uh, because Proverbs uses it so much and it's kind of an interesting word. And it means uh, far more than just somebody who doesn't have much money. Um, the, the definition is, is somebody who is either helpless or powerless, uh, insignificant, dejected, or, or also poor. And so whenever... Um, in Proverbs, you see that word. You could load all those concepts into it. So this greatly expands our understanding of what he's talking about here. We could read this verse. The godly care about the rights of the poor and the helpless and the powerless, those deemed insignificant, those who are dejected. Meanwhile, the wicked, uh, they don't care at all. So poor is not only uh, the man asking for change with the cardboard sign, but also the loner that has difficulty making friends. Or the young girl that's stuck in the sex industry, or physically disabled, or mentally, educationally, or emotionally challenged, or underserved ethnicities and communities, immigrants, those who are bullied, fatherless, motherless, childless, the unattractive, the unborn, the underpaid, the unloved, and on and on and on. And to all these, the wicked say, it's not my problem. I, I don't really care at all. But the godly care about the rights of the poor and the helpless and the powerless and the insignificant and the dejected. And why do the godly care? Because the lowest, quote unquote, are made by God and they bear his image. Listen to wisdom. Chapter 14, verse 31. Those who oppress the poor, etc., <laughs> the poor, the helpless, the powerless, the insignificant, the dejected, they insult their maker. They insult their maker. But helping the poor honors him. There's a great passage at the end of Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 to 9 that says, it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. So this is near and dear to the heart of God. Godly wisdom calls us to move from this idea of justice for me 
to justice for all. And it calls us to move from this place of indifference, like, oh, you know, it's not my problem, to a place of compassion, of help, of advocacy. I should note, um, maybe, maybe it's obvious, and it's, uh, it's um, this thought that comes to our mind that makes us not want to do anything, and that's this. Um, we can't fix all these problems. We'll never solve all these problems. Uh, Jesus himself uh, makes this interesting comment in Mark 14. He says, uh, you'll, always, you'll always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. So um, it's not like we're just going to overnight solve all the injustices in the world. But again and again and again, we're called to do something <laughs> to seek God for justice, to live justly, to influence our government toward justice, and to look for those people who are victims of injustice and do something. Uh, one of our other essential habits here, the last one, um, restore, talks about uh, being a restorative blessing in the world around us. Uh, it's how we, how we respond to those who are outside the family of faith, to you know the rest of the world. And we do that... Um, through integrity, goodness, and good news. Well, walking justly, uh, that's integrity, <laughs> where you consistently uh, walk in a way that's righteous, just, and fair. And when you are um, an advocate for those who experience injustice, then you're doing uh, goodness. You're living that out. You're being a restorative blessing. And when you are... Uh, walking in integrity and you're doing uh, goodness, then you have this beautiful, uh, wonderful platform to talk about the good news about Jesus. People will uh, be curious. They'll want to know. You will have the credibility to speak because you followed God's directions in walking justly and uh, being an advocate for justice for those who are victims of injustice. So closing challenge, um, lest lest we squirm here too long under the the weight of Proverbs. Um, Closing challenge is this, is to think bigger than justice for me and just seek justice for all. That's what we're called to do. I, I realize in any given particular situation, it may be complicated, it may be difficult, it may be fuzzy. But if our goal is to seek God and seek his justice, then uh, we'll, be, we'll be miles ahead. So let's pray for the Lord's help to do this as the team comes back up. Lord, I, I'm so thankful that, uh, that you are a just God. Um, when, when we get it wrong again and again, you always get it right. And ultimately, you will uh, make all things right. And so we call on you and... We humble ourselves before you. We want to learn from you. We want to, to have um, the eyes for righteousness like you do and the eyes of compassion like you do. And just, just to learn how to respond to this crazy mixed up world um, with your eyes and your heart. And so, Lord, help us to do the things even if they are difficult and uh, help us to do them by your grace and in your name. And it's in Christ's name that we pray this. Amen.